0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Adrian's Coach Talk Podcast. The Sunday edition. Yes, that's right, the Sunday edition. And today I will be doing a Coach's Corner. And I will have the pleasure of having the head coach of Wichita West High Western Sharks in the Coach's Corner today. And I will also be bringing up the speed on top 25 college football. that happened over the weekend. So grab your tickets, get on board. It's time to get this train rolling. It's your host and conductor, Anthony Smith, A Train Sports Talk Podcast. The train is on the track.
1: The Coach's Corner is sponsored by The Health Connection. The best choice for alternative medicine and holistic healing. The Health Connection has two locations in Wichita, Kansas, 1709 West Douglas Avenue and 3101 North Rock Road, Suite 170. And they also have a third location at 1001 North Rose Hill Road in Rose Hill, Kansas. Check them out on the web at thehealthconnection.online or give them a call. 316-841-0003. 316-841-0003. Back to the show. Choo-choo!
0: Welcome to a Sunday edition of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host, conductor, it is Anthony Smith here. I hope you got your tickets. I hope you're on board, strapped in your seatbelt, because this train is going to take you on a ride. We are going to be looking at what happened in college football on Saturday. But today's show, we're going to start out with coach's corner which i normally do it on friday but due to some time differences we had to do it today so today on the coach's corner will be none other than coach of cape and mount carmel western sharks and we are getting ready to dial him up so we'll be welcoming coach sharks into the coach's corner so yeah. how's it going coach how are you doing
2: I'm good. Can you hear me?
0: Okay. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can. I got this new equipment. I've been working with and trying to get all the kinks worked out. That way, I can actually have a phone line instead of yeah. last time I had you and I was had a Bluetooth speaker, so I was talking to a speaker and whatnot. And you know, it, it is what it is. But I got a little piece of equipment. I'm like, yeah, I need to try this out and see how this works. So, welcome into the coach's corner. Which I may also add is sponsored by the Health Connection with three locations to serve you, two in Wichita and one in Rose Hill. So since the last time I have also picked up a sponsor, so this is being sponsored by the Health Connection. So coach, welcome in to the coach's corner. <laughs> yes, sir, we give you applauses too. So coach, last time we had you on and we had a lot to talk about and there has been a vast difference between last year and this year. And last year you had so many uncertainties, but this year looked like you know exactly what you have to work with. You had two games under your belt. One was a blowout. And I caught what you said in your interview on Catch It Kansas this past Friday, that you don't learn too much in a blowout, which is one of the sentiments I will say you and Coach Steve Martin both echo. But you guys were pushed by East High, which I would say will probably be one of the most improved teams because they proved it last year, holding Northwest to 12 points in a game last year. So what is your team looking like this year? What do you have back? Uh, You look pretty solid. But talk a little bit about that East High game. What did they present to you?
2: Well, i tell you what. The uh, East High School had a lot of defensive players back. And... uh, a lot of team speed, I'm getting a lot of feedback on your deal
0: yeah i'm I'm gonna work that out as we go, so
2: okay, all right in anyway, um I'm gonna put go on here. Yeah. can you hear me okay?
0: yeah, With, I can hear you
2: well east like, I have a lot of guys back off their team, they run to the ball, they're very aggressive they have team speed, and we knew it was going to be a tough game for us uh they they got a good running game, their quarterback's excellent. They're we started out really good, scored a long touchdown on the pass, and then we turned a uh, interception for a touchdown that got called back. And then after that got called back, we lost all momentum. And they seemed to you know, take over the game for a while. And then second half, we got uh, warmed down a little bit on both lines. And, you know, uh, Stuck with a running game, and it kind of uh, paid off at the end. But it was a heck of a game, good rivalry, you getting the win. We came back after being down eight points and, you know, tied it once went for the two-point conversion. And Will things will make made a great catch to win it for
0: us. Absolutely. So the difference this year is last year it looked like there wasn't going to be a football season. And you guys fought tooth and nail to make sure there was a season. This year you get to have pretty much preseason workout. Last year you were uncertain about – your quarterback position. How confident this year do you feel at the quarterback position?
2: Well, I, I'm starting a sophomore. He's uh, five foot eight and about 140 pounds, so he doesn't really look the part, but he's playing great. He's uh, completed, you know, over 70 percent of his passes, runs the option well, and does a great job with uh, the little things. And then I got a freshman backup, so we're very young at the quarterback spot, but. They're both capable of taking
0: us to a a very good season. All right. So, moving forward, and I'm going to ask you a question that I also asked Coach Martin upon last week. If you take Capet out the equation, and I know you don't want to do that, and I think you guys are a pretty good team this year. I think you guys are going to make a lot of noise, going to make a deep playoff run. But if there is a team outside of capen and outside of the perennial powers that could make a threat to win a city title. Who would that be? What well, team should you be scared of?
2: Carroll, outside of them. Um I look to Heights is gonna be uh improved. Heck they got a running back that has twenty offers and you know they got speed all over the place. So, you know, they have the talent to win a lot of football games this year and they're well coached and you know they're, they're solid programs, so they're
0: the dark horse, in my opinion. Okay. One of the other questions I also want to ask you, that I don't think I really got to ask you the last time I had you on, because you're now at Capin, and I know the part. I know part of the reason you're there because I guess there's some type of uh, deal within the city league after so long. And you said you weren't ready to quit coaching, but I want to go back to your days, your first stint at West Westside, because when you look at where west high was and look at the job that you did i don't know if anybody's ever told you this but when i look at the analogy and even if you take capon to a state title championship i would have to say the most remarkable job ever done was what you did at west high and i would compare it to the same job that bill snyder did at k-state have you heard that before
2: Well, I I appreciate that compliment. um, Looking back on it, we feel real good about what we did the first time at West. Uh, We were pretty doggone good in the 90s. And before that, they were not very good. But we had a lot of great players. You know, when you get good players, you win games. But it was a fun place to be. You know, we had great, loyal kids. The administration was loyal. Um, Our talent level was up. But it, it it was a thing that probably won't be duplicated in a while. I'll be real honest with you. It was uh, you know, kind of like the perfect storm. Everything just fell in place. And we're very proud of what happened those 15 or 20 years during that time.
0: Absolutely. And the one thing we could definitely say, y'all, is about Coach Sharks is not only is he a coach, but I wanna say part of him is a father figure first, because when you look at the players that he had at West, and he may have some at Cape this in the same predicament. But coach would go all out to be that father figure for his players. And I know it's a different culture at Cape and Mount Carmel, but do you still get to play that role if need be?
2: Oh, without a, without a doubt, uh, Cape and has you know, we got our problems too, when there's situations where some of the guys don't. Have a lot of parent support, and we. we I kind of like that, you know. We get to be uh, close to the guys, get to know them well. But that's one of the things that kept me in the coaching is the relationships you build. Four or five of the coaches we got at Cape and played for me, so uh, you know, it's always nice to have, have those relationships.
0: Absolutely. So now your your next game coming up. I haven't had a chance to look at the schedule, but who's your who's your next opponent, and what can you expect? From there and how do you game plan well
2: it's northwest northwest yeah they're they're um uh, you gotta on defense you gotta keep it simple because they play fast they got a great tradition great staff a lot of their coaches are coaches that coach for me at one time and um you know they just they got it going on so in order for us to get to the next level we got to try to compete with these guys and have a chance to win the fourth quarter but It's not the only game for us this year,
0: but it's a big game. So from a competition standpoint, because this is one of those games, Northwest know they can't let get away. It's one of those games that you want to win because it possibly it's a signature win for Capon. Of course, you're going to have some more games on the schedule, looming down the road, the Holy War, as they call it. That game will be coming up. Capon wins this game. How does that make you feel looking forward toward the rest of the season?
2: Well, if we're able to win this game, it would be a, one of the best wins that Capen's had in a while. And uh, that's what we came to do, is win games like this and compete in games like this. But this would be a huge one for us. As Northwest, have, they haven't lost a lot of games in the last five years. So uh, it's one that we've circled. One that we, you know, feel like if we want to be a legitimate contender, we have to compete and win.
0: Absolutely. So, I'm going to play devil's advocate because I know you probably look at the brackets. You're in that 5A bracket. And that 5A bracket, especially on the west side, seems to be pretty stacked. Looking at the east bracket, a team that has kind of caught my attention and not for the right reason, that Gardner Edgerton team that usually comes out of the East seems like they have stumbled up on some hard times. Who do you say has the toughest bracket? Would it be the East side or the West side?
2: Oh, it's not even close. The West side. You know, you got Carroll, you got Northwest, you got Hayes, you got Mays. There's some good. There's some good teams in there. Five uh, A football, in my opinion, is stronger out out uh, uh, west as a whole. Now, the East has one or two. Or maybe three really good teams, but as far as overall depth, not even close.
0: Not even close. <laughs> so here's a question I haven't asked, and I'm gonna get your, I'm gonna pick your brain on this one. So we have six A, all the way down to one A. Do you think there will ever be a time where you will see an all champions winner take all? Now. I know six a and five a. there's probably not that much of a drop off between two, but you look at four a and three a, and they got some pretty good teams that can probably sneak up on some five and six a teams. In a in a say one class takes off, what teams would I you like I, to see?
2: I don't think that'll happen. It's just too big a disparity. Uh, you know, you got a couple four a teams that are really really good, but let's you know, I'm going to make some people mad, but. When they go play a derby or somebody like that, you're talking about a whole different level of football. Uh, and I don't think they'll ever allow that to happen.
0: Well, I, I just had to get that out there because I often used to wonder what would it be like if you just had a, a winner takes all and this is your the number one team in all of the state of Kansas regardless of classification because i thought there would be some pretty interesting matchups i mean there's a would, like a say a collegiate versus capon that would be a pretty good matchup
2: oh yeah
0: yeah and i mean that, that that's an east side battle right there but yeah. uh coach one of the things i want to do is i want to wish you wish you the best of luck and one of the things i want to have you do is even though you haven't did any in a while let everybody know about your podcast
2: Oh well, hey, I, I still listen to it. <laughs> awesome. We haven't done one in a, a few weeks, but it's it's called uh, Two Minute Drill with Coach Sharks and Nancy. And we really did it because we wanted to share our faith a little bit uh, first. And second, we want to talk a little bit about football and family. But churches and the belief in God is very important to my, myself and my wife. And we just wanted to share little things that could encouraging to people and and uh, um, it's a fun thing to do but like I said football started and I haven't put much time in here lately but I appreciate you talking about it, but it's a pretty neat thing to do and enjoy it
0: Absolutely and I am going to let the listeners know that they're on the Anchor platform but Anchor is also powered by Spotify so if you can't pick it up on Anchor you can listen to them on Spotify so download the episodes follow them and let you know that let them know that you're listening to them. Well, Coach, I want to say good luck the rest of the year. I hope to be off on my night job because I'm going to actually get out and check out some high school football. And I think my game of the week to check out will be Cape and Mount Carmel versus Northwest High School. I think that would be one of the best. Well, I want to say it was gonna it's gonna be one of the best games in the city. But there are so many games that could qualify. But I believe this will be one of the best games in the city. So, Coach. I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for putting that plug in for your podcast. Get your team ready and good luck the rest of this, this Friday night and the rest of the season, and we'll do this again. Welcome to the Coach's hey, Corner. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Once again, Coach Western Shorts on the Coach's Corner. Good friend of mine's. I went to West High when he was there, his first stint, and like you said, they were not very good. But he built that program, and like I say, what he did was comparable to what Bill Snyder did at K-State, bar none. can't take that away from him. Now he's at Cape and Mount Carmel because he went through coaching, and he's in a place he seems like he's in a happy place. and It's all about winning, but also about being an impact on those young men, turning them young men into not just great football players, but turning young men into productive men once their sports career is over so what i'm going to do right here is i'm going to take a break when i come back i'm going to talk a little football so a little college football so stay tuned it's the a train sports talk podcast we got more to come once again special thanks to coach western sharks Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener-supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, $0.99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or 9 dollars a month will get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast.
1: Hi, this is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo!
0: Welcome back. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. In a rare Sunday edition due to the fact that I had to be with my coach's corner today. I can't say thank you enough for Coach Western Sharks, head coach of the Cape Mount Carmel Crusaders. We have a big game this week coming up against Wichita Northwest. Pretty sure there would be a packed house. Now I'm getting ready to get back into some college football, but last night was the Return of the Southern Heritage Classic. Game played in Tennessee, I do believe. And it pitted two former All Pro, NFL All Pro players now coaching the respective schools Eddie George, Tennessee State University, Deion Sanders, Jackson State University. Yes, there was a game, but. Right now, we want to focus in on the fan celebration as they celebrate a a revived HBCU Classic with big-name pro coaches. In Memphis, Tennessee, fans at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium had much to celebrate Saturday night at the first Southern Heritage Classic in two years. It's always a party at the HBCU Showcase. The two-year gap between games made fans anxious while the matchup of Tennessee State's Eddie George and Deion Sanders of Jackson State had them saying, Why not us? Buses, RVs, tents, big TVs, and smokers, lots of smokers, packed the parking lot closest to the stadium. Fans literally danced and stepped, whiling away the time before kickoff. A few tents had disc jockeys as music blared from speakers, mixing with the smell of ribs, barbecue, and burgers. This one had a big-time feel, Think tailgate. Outside Tennessee's Neyland Stadium, Bryant-Denny Stadium, home of the Crimson Tide, the shoot at Ohio State, or a major bowl game, Jackson State fan Ezra Baker of Columbus, Mississippi, believes it is a renaissance for historically black colleges and university This has been a big game all the time, Baker said. It's never been below thirty five thousand, forty-five thousand. But we have two competing Hall of Famers that's coming from Tennessee State and Jackson State University, and they come to put on the show. Win, lose or draw. They want to make sure that the fans enjoy this cultural revolution. That's the impact of Hiring Sanders, a pro football hall of fame player, nearly a year ago at Jackson State, and George at Tennessee State in mid-April. While the crowd was about the same, Baker, who has attended all 32 Southern Heritage Classics, said it felt there was more enthusiasm at this game than in recent years. That's why we have a renaissance, new birth, because HBCUs have been on the back burner for years and years, Baker said. Now we see that a cultural movement can bring forth those things that's important to all of us. George stood at midfield, linked arm in arm with his Tigers for the national anthem, while Sanders made a late interest as his Tigers ran onto the field after the singer finished. Kelly Brazelle, 30, and Andrea Jossel of Memphis graduated from Jackson State in 2012. Both saw more people tailgating before kickoff than in years past. Jostle said, it felt like the verge of a new birth. It's bigger, Jostle said. It's a family atmosphere. I feel the rivalry, but I also feel like it's just two schools being excited to be here and see the history being made. Jackson State led 10 to 7 at halftime, setting up the other big show of the night, the Battle of the Bands. Neither group of musicians disappointed. TSU's aristocrat of bands took the field first, and have fans taking part using the light on their phones. The sonic boom of the South went second. It's a regular part of the festivities. Though everything about this matchup seemed to have a little something extra about it, it was what? 50,000 fans, George said after Jackson State's 38-16 When in front of an announced crowd of 46,171, that was pretty awesome. I thought the atmosphere was great, the pageantry, the history of both schools. It was great. I just wish I could walk away with the win. DJ Jones of Memphis arrived at noon, six hours before kickoff to enjoy the scene. With so many people spending Friday night outside the Liberty Bowl, Jones said. He'll arrive the night before next year. Someone who's attended this game for years, Jones noticed many more Jackson State fans. He credits the coaches for increasing the competition between the schools. There is no limit what they could do because there's been years since we were complete and sewed out, Jones said. But you see everybody at the tailgate here having a good time. Right now, you can't even get a parking spot in this area because of the hype. Kerry Thomas, a 1989 graduate of Tennessee State, didn't feel a difference in the mood of those tailgating from past years. But like Jones, he took notice of the increased number of Jackson State fans, a reflection of the momentum HBCUs are experiencing. Jackson State people had generally shown up like this in the past, Thomas explained. Jackson State people are front runners. They're losing, they're not going to show up. They're mediocre, they're not going to show up. Even in Jackson, they don't show up. That's not Thomas being a Tennessee State graduate, besmirching JSU faithful. He's a high school football coach in Memphis and routinely takes players to HBCU games, especially Southwestern Athletic Conference games around the South. There's a big difference seeing the Jackson State people show up tonight, Thomas said. This game was canceled due to lightning and weather in 2018. A total of 48,347 showed up to watch Jackson State edge TSU in 2019. The Corona virus pandemic wiped out the 2020 edition with the SWAC and Ohio Valley Conference choosing to postpone the season until last spring. It was wonderful, Sanders said, noting he brought his Jackson State team to Memphis a day early to enjoy the festivities. The hospitality was exceptional. This was just another level of commitment to excellence. We had a wonderful time. Donald Mentor, TSU class of 1991, said it was good to experience the game in person. It feels like your favorite food that you haven't been able to get for a while, Mentor said. There is no taste like it. You just miss it. The there's they look at the Jackson State, Tennessee State, from a fan perspective. However, there was a game. And we're going to look at what were some of the comments that came out of this after the game. The Southern Heritage Classic will be great for years to come. Deion Sanders leads Jackson State to victory against Eddie George's Tennessee State as former NFL stars look to rebuild prominent HBCU programs. A sea of fans filled into Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium for a clash of NFL stars at the Southern Heritage Classic. Deion Sanders versus Eddie George, the Hall of Fame defensive back-turned-Jackson State coach and legendary running back-turned-Tennessee State coach to meet for the first time in one of the most iconic games in HBCU football. This year's Battle of Tigers, one that HBCU fans anticipated since Tennessee State hired George as coach earlier this year, brought out the barbecue pits, the back and forth battle between Tennessee State's aristocratic bands and Jackson State's sonic boom of the south, and two historic programs looking to change the narrative around HBCU football. As the note of the sonic boom of the South, we came to play echoed through the stadium and to the tailgate parties surrounding the stadium. The Tigers of Jackson State were prepared to make a statement on the field in a classic that had not been played in 728 days. The coronavirus pandemic canceled the game in 2020. After missing last year, Fred Jones, the founder of the event, wanted to attract national attention For this year's edition, on Saturday, a dominant 38-16 Jackson State victory against Tennessee State in front of 46,171 fans and countless others outside the stadium. Jones has to be excited. Go to Sanders. Tigers hung 38 points on the scoreboard and produced 404 yards of offense. On defense, Florida transfer James Houston recorded four and a half sacks against Tennessee State quarterbacks. I feel like we fought hard, but this game is made up of four quarters, George said. We came into halftime down 10-7 and had the ball coming out, and that's when things went awry. Tennessee State 0-2 dealt with critical errors on special teams and missed assignments on defense. The Tigers allowed a blocked punt and a punt return for a touchdown. The latter was arguably the score that broke open the game and secured JSU's victory. A 37-yard field goal pulled Tennessee State with 14 points to start the fourth quarter. But later in the quarter, Jackson State's Warren Newman weaved around and threw TSU's special teams for an 81-yard punt return, touchdowns to put his team up 31-10. That was the turning point of the game, Sanders said. He has pro potential athletically. But if not, I'm trying my best to find him a six-figure job with the Fortune 500 company just by what he brings to work daily. Newman, who played in JSU's last victory against Tennessee State in 2019, said he was eager to get a punt return this week, especially with the national spotlight surrounding the program. Last week I came close, but I was like, this week we're going to get one, Newman said. Jackson State quarterback Shadira Sanders went 30 or 40 for 362 yards two touchdowns in the game. While Jackson State earned the second win in the second season for Coach Sanders, the Tigers finished the game 4-10 on third down. Sanders disliked the way the Tigers ended the game, giving up a late touchdown and losing focus. That don't make sense. That can translate into scores, Sanders said about his team's inefficiency on third down. We got to do a better job. We ended like hot garbage. We didn't put – exclamation mark at the end of the sentence. I'm happy with the win, but I'm critical as a coach because I'm striving for perfection. And I want these guys to reach the pinnacle of their dreams with ambition. While victories are won on the field, there are also aspects of coaching prominent HBCU programs both coaches are working on away from the field. Coaches at HBCUs don't just wear the hat of a coach. Sanders previously told Sports Illustrated, "We wear several hats, like a Tyler Perry production. When you're dealing with a team that 98 or 99 percent African Americans, you're dealing with some real issues. Trust me. Playing on the field is the interest through the conversation, but it goes well beyond that." George echoed similar sentiments, similar statements when he appeared on ESPN's College Game Day in Atlanta earlier this season. I'm a fireman, constantly putting out fire, George said. All these protocols, everything that goes into the business side. I tried to provide structure, but also flexibility, discipline, but also love. When I go on the football field and coach, that's the getaway. As two coaches continue the journey of building their programs on the gridiron, they will endure issues along the way from an X's and O's standpoint. However, preparing their players with providing the exposure of playing on national television in games like the SHC. Now, though, Sanderson ended his press conference asking members of the media where he could find some soul food in Memphis and enjoy his second victory before the Tigers 2-0 prepare for another battle next week against Louisiana Monroe. There you have all, or at least A good chunk of information in this segment on the Southern Heritage Classic, which is played at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium in Memphis, Tennessee, and from all accounts and reports, outside of Eddie George wishing he could have came away with the win, and Coach Prime being critical. Other than that, from a fan perspective, and from what we've seen on the field, it seems like it was a success. And looking forward to bringing you more information on all things HBCU. So those of you who listen to this podcast, what I want you to do, I want y'all to hashtag this, all about HBCU. Make that a hashtag. Let's make that hashtag go viral. All about HBCU. Well, I still have some more to come. On a Sunday edition of the A Train Sports Talk podcast, I am going to get into some more college football, the top 25, probably some highlights and sound clips. So stay tuned. I have more to come. It's the A Train Sports Talk podcast. Be right back with you after a word from my sponsor. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com That's www.cakeybums.com www.cakeybums.com To enhance your workout with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about.
1: I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. And we're cheering from the cheap seats, and you're listening to the A-Train Sports Podcast. Whoop! Whoop!
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Enjoy the like guy said, I'm going to give you what I possibly can. I want you to enjoy doing it. I like to say, some say it's basically all about the bands. There's some good football to be played on the field. And now you have the right people in place promoting. And that's the thing. I think they've been under You have Deion Sanders. You have Eddie George's. You have your Tyrone Wheatley's coming in, and they are coming in grinding, promoting, talking up HBCU schools. Yes, they want to beat each other, but at the end of the day, it's the brotherhood, and they have they support each other. So that's why I'm I'm bringing this to you because I want it to be out there as well too. But now we're going to get into the mainstream, known as college football top 25. Going to start with the number one ranked team, Alabama, who had a game against Mercer, who was most likely looking for a little bit of mercy as we have this here for you. That's just one of the highlights, as Alabama had no problem with Mercer, and they probably called off the dogs a little bit. Of course, Nick Saban being Nick Saban found something to be upset about. But Alabama comes away with a 48-14 victory. They were led by Bryce Young, 19-27, 227 yards, 3-tips three touchdowns, Brian Robinson, Jr., led him in rushing, 10 carries, 70 yards, one TD, and leading receiver, also JoJo Early, seven receptions, 85 yards. We move to the number two team, in the country, Georgia Bulldogs. And the Georgia Bulldogs had no problem with the other team that plays in the state of Alabama. UAB, as they put a beat down on UAB by the final score of 56 to 7. Uh, led in passing, Stetson Bennett of UGA, 10 to 12, 288 yards, 5 touchdowns. They were also led in rushing by Dwayne McBride, 13 carries, 61 yards. And leading receiver, Brock Bowers, three receptions. 107 yards, and two touchdowns. And now we move to number three ranked team in the country, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Seemed like number three snake bit. Last week, number three team, Clemson, went down. So how did Ohio State fare It being number three? What well, we are about to find out right now. Yes, and that pretty much sealed it right there for Ohio State as they come away with a loss in the big house, number 12-ranked Oregon Ducks. The last couple of weeks, everybody's been asking, is UCLA back? Maybe the question should be asked is, are the Ducks back? It's not too often someone goes into Ohio State and beat them on their home field. That's right, Oregon State wins this game. In the shoe, 35 to 28. And we move right along as we continue to look at the top 25. The Oklahoma Sooners had no problems with Western Carolina as they pitch a shutout by the score of 76 0. Spencer Rattler, 20 of 26, 243 yards, five TDs. Eric Gray, carried for nine times, 74 yards. And Jaden Knowles, two receptions, 65 yards. Something tells me light work for the starter. Number five, Texas A&M, and what uh, would appear to have been a little bit of controversy. Squeak out a 10-7 game over Colorado Buffaloes. Let's see how they played out. And we have some more highlights coming up from that game as well, too. Because like I said, there was some controversy in that game. And hopefully we can get to that as well. So we are trying to pull up this particular piece of audio, so let's roll with it. Here we go. And that right there was a particular play by Colorado, which led to a score. And evidently, we don't have the play that was in question. But Texas A&M went into Boulder, Colorado. Former Big 12 matchup. And they come away with a 10-7 to victory over the Colorado Buffaloes. And, you know, when you think about the issues of realignment, which I really have tried to stay away from that topic, you wonder why come Bob Bowlesby didn't try to reach out and see if he can lure i brought them back. Anyway, we got some more scores to pass along. As number six, Clemson had no problems with South Carolina. They come over with a 49-3 victory. And if I can say this name right, Yuga Lalay DJ Yuga Lalay I believe that's how it's pronounced. That's how I've been saying it, so I'm going to keep on saying it until someone corrects me, okay? 14-24 to 24 for 171 yards, one touchdown. Will Shipley, eight carries, 80 yards, two touchdowns. Will Vereen of South Carolina State, four receptions, 96 yards is your top receiver. Number seven, Cincinnati. Cincinnati started off kind of slow, but they picked up steam as they steamrolled past the Murray State Racers leaving them in their own tracks as Desmond Ryder is just being Desmond Ryder, 14-22, 243 yards, two touchdowns. Jerome Ford, Cincinnati, 18 carries, 113 yards, three TDs. And Tyler Scott, Cincinnati, four receptions, 74 yards, one TD. A game that pretty much went down to the wire and the coach had to give a pep talk at halftime. And a future opponent of the team just mentioned Cincinnati. Notre Dame, number eight team in the country. And yes, they are looking up to Cincinnati. Squeaks past. Toledo. Weeks past Toledo 32-29. Notre Dame's Cone throws winning TD after dislocating his finger. Jack Cone has played in only 2 games for number 8 Notre Dame, yet. He already has a place in Notre Dame history already. In a game for bragging rights and for the Cyclops trophy, the CyHawk trophy Number 10, Iowa went to Ames to take on number nine, Iowa State, and they come up with a 10-point victory as they beat Iowa State 27-17 to improve their record to 2-0 as Iowa State falls to 1-1. I'm pretty sure Iowa, with the happenings in the rankings, will move up. Penn State had no problems with Ball State. Penn State is the number 11 team in the country as they come over with a 44-13 victory over the Ball State Cardinals. Number 13, Florida. Maybe had a little bit of resistance, but they come away with a 42-20 victory over South Florida. Number 14, USC, took on Stanford Cardinal. And yes, it's safe to say USC is not ready for the spotlight as they got trounced by a team that previously lost to Kansas State the week before, Stanford. As Stanford manhandles the USC Trojans by a score of 42 28. Right here is where you might want to break out the ball of Pepto-Bismol, or this is the, I'm going to call it the Pepto-Bismol upset of the week, as Arkansas, not Alabama, not Auburn, not Georgia, not Florida, but Arkansas, entertained the number 15-ranked Texas Longhorns. And let me just say, as I'm watching this game, the stadium, the way they had the fans striped in red and white, I almost want to say crimson and white, maybe Texas thought they were playing at Owens Field in Norman, Oklahoma, because it looked like they were at, o, on OU, at OU Stadium. And the uniforms that Arkansas had on looked eerily close, similar to what OU would wear. So Maybe Texas was confused, but whatever the case is, that 15 ranking is going to drop, I guarantee you, at least down to 20. If not, maybe number 22. That's my prediction. However, Arkansas handed to them, a final count, of 40-21. Moving right along. Wisconsin, playing against Eastern Michigan. Graham Mertz leads the way in the 34-7 victory as he posted up 14 of 17 for 141 yards passing. Chez of Wisconsin, when he carries 144 yards as the offensive line just dominated. And Kendrick Pryor four receptions, 54 yards. For your 18th ranked Wisconsin Badgers. The number 19, Virginia Tech Hokies had no problem with Middle Tennessee as they knocked them off 35-14. Ole Miss taking on Austin P demonized them by the score of 54-17 as Matt Corral passed 21 of 33, 281 yards and five TDs. CG Evans of Austin P seven carries, 74 yards, one touchdown. And Ontario Drummond of Mississippi of Ole Miss six receptions, 107 yards, two touchdowns. And in the for some reason they call this the holy war as well, too. Number 21, Utah. Going up against future Big 12 team BYU. And you can kiss that number 21 ranking goodbye as BYU. Handles Utah by the score of 26 17. Jaron Hall of BYU, 18 of 30, 149 yards, three touchdowns. Micah Bernard, Utah, 12 carries, 146 yards, was your top ground gainer, and he had a touchdown. And Kuka Nasua of BYU, four receptions, 37 yards. How about? Miami, number 22, against App State. and Let's see how that played out. It's App State is one of those teams, they are not phased by what the name on the opposing teams jersey. They figure we lay them up just like you do, so we're going to play the game to win. And there you have it as Miami just holds off. That's right. Holds off App State. Final score, 25-23. But App State is one of those teams that will do that to you. They've been doing it ever since they went into the big house and knocked off Michigan. So don't be surprised by anything that App State does. I may as well throw this out there. Makes you wonder why come maybe the Big four didn't go after Appalachian State? They bring that mystique with them, knowing that they can knock off anybody on any given Saturday. Move right along. As number 23, Arizona State. Trounces UNLV. 37 to 10. and yes those were the highlights from Arizona State against UNLV which Arizona State comes away with the victory by the final score of 37 to 10 what kind of week would this be for North Carolina and their hopefully Heisman hopeful well let's just find out We'll we'll have to try that again. And here we go with highlights from North Carolina. And those are your highlights from North Carolina as they had no problems with Georgia State in another one of those games that was one of the Power 5 schools taking on one of the HBCU schools as quite a few of those games took place, as was the – well, the final score in that game was 59-17, to 17, so Georgia State got a nice size check out of that. Thanks for coming. And hopefully they enjoy the experience. Of course, it's kind of hard to enjoy the experience when you're on the wrong end of a 59 to 17 beatdown, but I'm pretty sure it's an experience they'll take to heart and learn from it. As was the case also with Auburn and Alabama State, another HBCU school. As there were quite a few schools from the HBCU area that played against Power Five schools, and the outcomes were not pretty, however they got to play on some of these some of these stadiums and I'm pretty sure it will be an experience they will remember or maybe would want to forget however number 25 ranked Auburn pitches the shutout against Alabama State by the final score of 62-0 Ryan Nettles Alabama State though however 19-27 for 130 yards one interception Jarquez Hunter Auburn running back 8 carries 147 yards And Demetrius Roberts, Robertson of Auburn, three receptions, sixty-one yards, two touchdowns. And there you have my NCAA top twenty-five scoring rundown. I'm pretty sure there will be some movement in the polls. As I said, this was some upsets that took place. Ohio State mainly won, lost at home against Oregon, and what I would call my Pepto-Bismol upset game of the week be Arkansas handing it to the Texas Longhorns. Well, once again, I want to say a special thanks to Coach Western Shorts for being on the Coach's Corner. <clears throat> yes, he is worthy of those applause. Uh, like I say, pretty soon I should have a another sponsor jumping on board. For my HBCU college report, just can't let the cat out the bag. Of course, also, you know that my Coach's Corner is sponsored by the Health Connection, three locations to serve you, two of them in Wichita and one in Rose Hill. Owner is Natalie Greenlee, so stop by and tell her that I sent you. So those of you who are listening to the A-Train Sports Talk podcast and are looking to support it would be greatly appreciated. Those you are supporting, keep on supporting, because basically we are helping each other. Well, tomorrow I will probably do this again. I'm gonna be a busy podcaster this week until the weekend, because guess what? Today is NFL Sunday, so guess what? I am going to have some scores and highlights from the NFL. Did your team win? Did your team lose? Only way to find out. Tune in tomorrow. So until next time, take care of yourself and each other. A-Train, pulling into the station. Have a blessed day.